Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd as we begin a new year together. Archbishop, welcome back. Yes, good to be with you. Let's get into a little bit of priestly discernment. The new year has been traditionally here in the Archdiocese of Portland an opportunity for men who may be really discerning Mm -hmm. the call to the priesthood to come together with you, Mm -hmm. our vocation director, Mm -hmm. early on in the year to to spend some time on retreat. So as we reflect upon that opportunity for uh, the Lord to speak and to be heard by uh, some of our men in the Archdiocese, would you open us in prayer? Yes, indeed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, in your Son, Jesus, you have given us life and salvation. And Father, you call men to serve your church and your people in the image, in the likeness, and in the very person of Christ as priests. We ask that you especially bless our listeners today that you will inspire in them a great love for these men who are discerning a priestly vocation and that you will inspire them to encourage men to be open and trusting in the Lord's guidance to answer that call. So we place this time in your hands, Father, especially asking that it bear fruit for your glory and for the good of the church. And all this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, typically the first part of January, you will gather our vocation director. uh, Our Our Lady of Peace retreat has been housing this for many, many years now. This opportunity for men who um, maybe they're still uh, high school to college age, maybe they're post-college, and really getting a tug on their hearts. And this is one of those opportunities for them to go deeper in prayer, I think deeper in communication with the vocations office, but also with the bishop. Mm-hmm. And to really get a sense of how am I hearing the Lord? How is this really happening in my life? And um, and maybe just start off with what's your role as the bishop really walking with these men? Right, right. Yes, yeah, as, as, as this, uh, uh, I, I, this is always a little bit awkward because as we're, as we're uh, recording uh, this this uh, radio broadcast uh, it's before the discernment mm-hmm. retreat but by the time this airs it will It'll be, be after. it will be after the discernment retreat is already over so I wish I could you know share with you all great things that happened on the retreat but um, this is an annual event um, that was started by my beloved predecessor Archbishop Vlasny and he tells me that he he also got the idea I think from another bishop as well but it's a great great tradition that he started that I have continued in in my um, coming up on 10 years here. And it's a wonderful opportunity for men and uh, some what we might call, uh, uh, well, all young men and maybe some not so young men, but also some boys, I guess you call them. You know, sometimes I don't know what to call teenagers uh, at times, although the the retreat is really uh, primarily uh, limited to to men 18 years Mm -hmm. and older 
we've allowed uh, you know younger boys to come if they have the maturity uh, and, and readiness for it. But generally, it's eighteen and older. But it, these are more serious discerners. Mm-hmm. So these are guys that that uh, are beyond just being open to hearing about a vocation to the priesthood, as we do in some of our other uh, vocational events. These are men who are generally dealing with the question. So these are guys who have really seriously considered that maybe God is calling them to the priesthood. And so they're struggling you know, mm-hmm. with that question. And it's, it's interesting because in the years that I've been doing these retreats, you can see various levels of where the guys are at with that. I mean, some of the men are like, yeah, you know, give me the application. I'm ready to, <laughs> ready to go to the seminary. Others, you can almost see their angst mm-hmm. as, they, as they grapple with this, this, this struggle of discernment in their life is to know, is God calling me to be a priest? So this retreat uh, affords them the opportunity to come together with other like-minded men who are similarly struggling with this question mm-hmm. with uh, the archbishop, with the vocation director, Father Peter Julia now, and we have other priests that come in uh, and maybe a part of it, uh, especially help with confessions. Uh, we have seminarians that come so that the men can meet some of our current seminarians and mm-hmm. see you know, what these guys are like, uh, that they're just normal guys like them, mm-hmm. and also to, to help answer any of their questions about their, their experience of the seminary so far. And so it's, it's a very it's a wonderful event, you know, starting on a Friday evening through uh, Sunday lunch, where we really give these men a chance to come together in a prayerful environment to hear about the priesthood, to hear some good conferences and spiritual conferences about about the vocation to the priesthood, about discernment, about the Lord moving in their life, and to give them some space mm. to really pray and be away from all the other distractions, uh, to be able to dedicate some solid time to discerning this question. So I see my role as archbishop, I really, I really see, even though we have a vocation director, uh, I consider myself uh, the primary vocation director. <laughs> you know, I take a very personal, active role, quite honestly, in in helping men discern their way into the priesthood. I I just think it's it's so important for me to be a good spiritual father to these men, uh, especially if we can get them through the door of the seminary and get them in formation, then even more so for, to be a spiritual father to them and to help guide them and to, to show them the way and to mentor them. Um, you know, obviously the vocation director has the primary hands-on role in all of that, but I stay as involved as I can and be as present as I can. You know, I am just recently have met with, with, with two young men who um, are in discernment and it uh, looks like they're going to, they're, they're gonna, you know, Get off the fence, if, shall we say, and, and, and move on and, and at least give it a shot and, and go to the seminary. And, uh, yeah, I'm always, I'm always beating the bushes when I'm out there. I, I'm not at all shy about saying to young men and boys that I run into out there, you know, have you, have you, ever, have you considered being a priest? Or mm-hmm. I think you'd make a great priest. Uh, and it's amazing to me how many times, having just said that to a young man or to a boy, how many times they'll say, actually, actually, yeah, I, I have heard about it, you know, and you know, just, just, I, I can think of just in recent pastoral visits that I've been making around, mm-hmm. uh, running into t- two young men that I've known for some time now, and they're going to be on their the retreat, 
you know, so by the time this broadcast, they will have been on the retreat. And uh, yeah, so it's it's just a great a great effort. And it's to me, it's it's it will be when I'm all finished and done here as Archbishop uh, in however many years the Lord gives me here. Uh, I think one of the most important legacies I will leave here when I finally come to that moment are are the priests uh, that that I have accepted into the seminary have walked with on this journey of discernment in formation and have uh, hopefully been a good spiritual father too as priests of this archdiocese. That will be, I think, one of the greatest legacies that, that a bishop leaves yeah. uh, when, when it comes his time to, to step aside and let somebody else uh, take the helm. Right. Talking about vocational discernment, particularly priestly discernment, as you have been on these retreats and other things, like you mentioned, pastoral visits, you've had other types of vocational events throughout the year. Are there common threads you see that are coming from the lives of these men as they approach you, as you start to get to the, know them, you and, and our vocation director? What things seem to influence them, you might see? How did something about their life and their own formation help guide them to have this recognition the priestly discernment might be something that the Lord is calling me. What's influenced that in their lives? Yeah, you know, well, that's that's uh, it's a great question, and it's not actually not as, as easy a question to answer as you might think, mm-hmm. because it's amazing to me how different, how actually very different these vocational stories are. You know, one of the events that we do uh, throughout the year we call Andrew Dinners, uh, mm-hmm. where we'll go to a different a certain area and where a cluster of parishes and ask the pastors to bring usually younger boys or, or, or young men to these things to just to be open to hearing about the priesthood. You know, they're not necessarily seriously thinking about it yet. Well, so we'll tell our vocation story. Some of us will tell our vocation story. And it's amazing to me. It's been a great thing because I go to all of these. So I've heard to, I've heard the vocation stories of many of my priests and no two are alike. Mm-hmm. Everybody's call is different. Everybody, the Lord just works on them in a different way as he, as he did with me. Um, but if, if I were to point to some common threads that perhaps we see, I think one is a lot of the vocations we're getting now are coming from uh, young men who, who come from very solid Catholic families. Uh, in other words, real serious uh, Catholic families where the faith— where the faith is really lived in the home, where it isn't just about going to church on Sunday, but it's it's a whole environment in the home of faith and prayer. Uh, so a lot of these young men have grown up in a home that, that has really nurtured their faith first and nurtured their relationship with God first. That then leaves them perhaps more open to the movement of the Holy Spirit in their life. Maybe they're listening more. Maybe they're more attentive to, to what their vocation might be. They think more in that way about what is my vocation, what has God created me to do. So that's, that's one common thing. And I, 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 I would be probably remiss not to mention that, that a lot of the interest in, in priestly vocations, especially among younger guys, uh, are coming even from some homeschooling you know, families. Uh, we're seeing that more and more where homeschooled families uh, seem to create an environment where there's greater openness to a priestly vocation or a religious vocation you know, for the young ladies as well. Uh, so that would be one thing. Um, I think another is uh, you know, the influence of, of priests in, in young guys' lives. You know, having been inspired by a priest and an interaction with a priest— uh, getting to know your pastor, 
um, really seen the impact that your pastor has made, not only on your own life, but on the lives of those in, in your parish community, you know, that, that's, that's a great attractor. So I think when young men and boys have a very positive interaction with their pastor, that can inspire them. You know, I want to be like him. I want to do what he does. You know, that was true for me, certainly, growing up as a little kid. I mean, literally, you know, maybe he's even a fourth grader, you know, looking at, at, at uh, the, the parish priest, you know, and, and uh, he was just so great and, you know, great with us who were the servers at the time and, and uh, you know, just really inspired me, planted seeds. You know, that's where a lot of seeds are planted. So that, that's another thing is, is wherever uh, these young men have had a very positive experience with, uh, with a priest, that, that, that can inspire them. Some guys also have really gone through a real conversion process, a real, sometimes what we call a reversion. You know, I've got a lot of guys who have interest in the priesthood later in life who have wandered. You know, they're kind of like the lost sheep, the prodigal mm-hmm. son returning home. And when they come back to the faith, having wandered for a while, and sometimes even just pretty much abandon their faith, something sometimes happens in their life. Something sparks in them a return to the church. And when they come back, oftentimes having experienced what life is like without God and what a dreary, lonely place that is, they, having rediscovered their faith and a relationship with Jesus, um, sparks in them then a desire to, to serve the Lord in a deeper way and to, and to share the good news with others so that maybe others don't uh, you know, wander as, as they did. So that sometimes sparks an interest uh, in, in the church. And then you got kind of boring guys like me who just, you know, all thought about it all his life. And, and uh, I didn't come from, I mean, we were a practicing Catholic family, but I have to say my family growing up, we weren't like the uber Catholic family. We didn't pray the rosary together at home. We prayed at meals when we sat down at meals together. And, but we didn't talk about the faith in the home. We didn't, you know, we just, it wasn't that kind of an environment. Uh, but the Lord worked on me just through, and I never strayed from the church. I just kind of was always there and always in the back of my mind until I finally responded. So like I said, everybody's story is different, but those would be some of the, yeah. I'm just thinking back on, on some of the guys that, that we've accepted uh, in, in recent years. Those are, those are kind of some of the common themes. One of the things that I'm seeing more of and want to see more of and need to see more of and that's for our listeners out there too, please. I need to see more men stepping forward to study for the priesthood from some of the cultural and ethnic groups, you know, within our archdiocese. You know, our archdiocese is largely uh, uh, Hispanic. Uh, I think, you know, we're, we, it's hard to estimate, but in the neighborhood of half of the people mm-hmm. going to church on mass on any given Sunday across the archdiocese are, are Hispanic Latino. So I would love to see more of uh, the young men from from the Hispanic and Latino community stepping forward, specifically because they have that cultural uh, knowledge, that cultural experience, cultural sensitivity. It isn't just about the language. It's about the experience and knowing the culture and being able to relate to people in the culture. You know, So I need more young men to step forward to, in a certain sense, serve the needs of their own community. Right. Uh, similarly, uh, you know, in the, in the, the Vietnamese community, uh, you know, has, has been very generous to us. I'd love to see, we have a beautiful, large, fervent, faith-filled Filipino community here. 
you know, and I'd, I'd love to see some vocations, uh, local vocations from the Filipino community as well. Uh, and then we've got other, you know, smaller ethnic groups as well. But uh, uh, those are sort of the, the three largest. Yeah. So, so I, I would hope that, that, and we're seeing that more and more and mm-hmm. more. So it's, it's, it's encouraging. Yeah. Those are good prayer requests for, uh, for us to continue to pray for. But again, we need to foster that in our parish communities. And again, it starts in the home and then out in the parish. What are some of the things? It's just a short period of time, those three days, but a lot happened in three days when we think about the yeah. uh, Triduum. <laughs> <Right. laughs> of course, you know, the world was saved. But when we bring these men together, you, you mentioned, of course, our vocation director, some other priests and seminarians. What do you hope that they'll experience or some of that environment in this type of a retreat that you really hope these men can encounter on this process for them? I hope, uh, of course, ultimately, uh, <laughs> uh, to be very honest, I, I, I hope that this experience of the retreat pushes, as I said earlier, some men off the fence. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I very, I'm very direct with the men on, on the retreat. And, you know, I, I, I say things to them like, you know, please don't make a, a vocation out of discernment. In other words, don't spend your whole life trying to discern. Mm-hmm. I think there's something there's something there. I think in the younger generation today, where there's this great fear of commitment. There's a great fear of making a, a, a committed choice of some kind, and I think there's a lot. What I pick up is that there's a lot of young people out there who think that I have to be absolutely certain, you know, to walk through the door of the seminary, and that is so untrue. That is so untrue. And for any of you out there who are either discerning yourselves and listening to this, or those of you that know maybe some young men who are discerning, or young women too who might be discerning religious life as well as a sister, just dispel that rumor. And that's part of what I like to do on the retreat is dispel that idea of, I cannot walk through the door of a seminary until I'm absolutely sure God is calling me to be a priest. Because once I walk through the door of the seminary, I'm stuck. Absolutely not. Discernment goes on in the seminary. In fact, the seminary is a discerning environment. Mm-hmm. That's what, I mean, you're, yes, you're getting educated. Yes, you're getting prepared for priestly life and ministry. But you're also still discerning. It's all discernment. You've got a spiritual director. You have a formation director. You have a seminary community around you to help you in your discernment to see if this is a good fit. So what I like to do on the retreat is encourage men, and this is my standard line, if you think God might be calling you to be a priest, you owe it to him and you owe it to yourself to, to try it out. Yeah. Go to the seminary. It's the only way you're going to know. And that's, that's the bottom line that I try to get yeah. to across to these guys is the only way to know if you are called to be a priest is to go. And try it out. I, I jokingly say sometimes that going to the seminary is sort of like dating the priesthood. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're discerning marriage, uh, you know, you you start looking for a spouse and you start dating that person and you start testing the relationship and seeing could this be the one. Well, that's kind of what going to the seminary is like. Could this be the one? Could this be the vocation that God has for me? Could this be what God made me to do? Well, there's only one way to know, and that's to go and discern, pray, think about it, experience it, do the pastoral work, do those summer assignments in a mm-hmm. parish, maybe do a pastoral year in a parish where you, you're, you're testing it. You're, you're, you're testing the discernment with a lot of help. 
You're not on your own. You're not alone. The church is discerning also. It's like a relationship. It's like a marriage. You're discerning the bride, the church, but the bride is also discerning you. We're discerning the man. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to say to a guy, you know, you're a great person. We love you. You've got so many gifts and talents. You're a man of real faith and relationship with Jesus, but this is not your vocation. Yeah. For some whatever reason, this is this is clearly not your vocation, uh, and you are most likely called to serve the Lord somewhere else. It can be for a number of reasons. So that's one of the goals of the retreat is to get those guys off the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, for others, it's it's simply to plant a deeper seed. I mean, we've got guys that, you know, we have priests now who will jokingly say, yeah, I went on three of these discernment retreats before I finally, uh, you know, had the, had the, the, the wherewithal to, to say yes and to go. So sometimes, and, and I tell guys that, you know, and when at the end of the retreat, I said, you know, if you're not sure, uh, and this isn't, you haven't been moved sort of off the mark, uh, then, you know, come back next year, come back again. You know, you're just not ready yet, you know, and, and you need further discernment and prayer. But, you know, get a good spiritual director in between time and but come back next year. Many times there, there, there are multiple visits. I, there's, I won't mention names because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but there's a, we have a the fellow in the seminary right now. I think he was on four discernment retreats mm-hmm. before he finally, you know, uh, uh, got off the fence. And, and uh, he had some uh, real, uh, you know, needs in his life that, that he had to take care of uh, before he could do that. But, you know. So yes, uh, that that's that's what I hope for. Maybe just to, to plant some deeper seeds. We've also had guys come away from the treat and say, "Okay, that was really good, but you know, I'm 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 good. I'm pretty good. That you know, that's that's not my call. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm in a I'm in a good place with that. But I can tell you, looking at our vocation poster, and I look at the faces on that vocation to poster, and I should count them up this year. I haven't done it for the new poster that came out this year." How many of those men were on a discernment retreat? Mm-hmm. And it's almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Almost all of those men on the poster have been on this discernment retreat. And that's, I think, a testament to how you know the retreat is kind of, for many of them, it's the, it's the, the clincher, it's the closer mm-hmm. that, that, that gets them uh, to, to say yes to the Lord's call. I think that's so powerful, and it's powerful for us to know the people in the pews, those of us who have access to people in our parish community, to be able to look at those servers, to look at those people who are coming to daily out mass, and and to recognize Christ's presence in them and the call, and to be the inviters, to be the encouragers, to be the prayer warriors, and to pray for you and for our vocation director to continue to work with these guys obstacles that they have when they hit this retreat Mm -hmm. they're working Mm full-time they're involved in social media maybe they're involved in a relationship Mm -hmm. right now i mean Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things going Mm -hmm. on with these men's lives as they put themselves into a vulnerable position of saying okay is this where I need yeah, to go? Yeah, you know, and, and the, uh, there, there are many obstacles. And so we talk about those as well on the retreat, and we try to dispel fear. Because mm-hmm. um, fear, the enemy, listen, there is no doubt that the enemy, the ancient enemy, is going to do everything he can to work on these guys to keep them from saying yes. You know, the, the last thing in the world the enemy wants is for any one of these guys to go to the seminary. You know, and quite honestly, sometimes, as, as I was saying earlier, sometimes on the retreat even, uh, as you get to know a person, you know, they're invited to the retreat because there's been some contact. They seem serious. But well, even on the retreat, sometimes you say, no, 
you know, there's that 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 person, you know, probably isn't suitable, you know, for for the preachers. It helps us, you know, yeah. sort of 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 discern as well. But some of the obstacles you you, you mentioned are very true. Uh, a big one, quite honestly, I just have to acknowledge it. A big one is, you know, we'll go around the room, uh, uh, and this is something we started the uh, last couple of years. It's a great oh, uh, uh, icebreaker icebreaker evening. The first night, I used to first evening used to be me telling my vocation story and then just talking about the priesthood, and and that's pretty boring actually. <laughs> so we got into this new method where we ask them, you know, what? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. We just go around the room. Why are you here? And it's amazing, it's amazing what these men will share. It, it, it gets very personal very mm-hmm. quickly and, and, and not, in a, not in an uncomfortable way. Right. There's just a trust, and I think as the Holy Spirit is in the room, there's just a trust that opens up between these guys. And then we'll go around and ask them, what is the greatest uh, draw for you to the priesthood? And then we'll go around the room as, what is your greatest fear? What is the obstacle? And it's, it's a great exercise just to get a sense of where these guys are at. And they, they can see, relate to each other. Mm-hmm. But some of the obstacles are, you know, the whole celibacy question. Many of the men will say, I feel called to be a father and a husband. Great. We need you as a priest. Yes. You know, I mean, the guy that makes the best husband and father is also the guy that makes the best priest. And to be not attracted to marriage and family is, is actually not a good sign. You know, so I always tell guys, just because you feel an attraction to marriage and and being a father doesn't mean you're not called to be a priest. It's just a different way of exercising a spousal relationship with the bride of Christ, the church, and being a spiritual father. I love being a spiritual father. I don't have my own kids, but I'm a father to many. Uh, So that's one. Sometimes, again, you mentioned they're very involved in, in life. They've got jobs. They've got homes. They've got cars. They've they're settled. And it's hard to to trust the Lord and surrender and give that all up and just go to the seminary. Sometimes there's heavy debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an op- that's an obstacle that's coming up more and more. A lot of student debt sometimes. And gosh, you know how do you handle that? Um, and just sometimes feelings of unworthiness that I'm not good enough. I'm a sinner. Hey, we've all got pasts. We've all got sinful things in our life. But sometimes that's that's an obstacle for guys. They think, oh, not not me. It couldn't be me. I've done this. I've done that. Well. You know, God has come to bring mercy. So we we help them see that and, and pray them through that and help them to maybe say yes to at least giving it a try. So I just ask your prayers yeah. really for the retreat. Absolutely. Let's continue our prayers for this Archdiocese. Well, I guess this will be after the retreat. So you got to be praying, for folks, out there for the fruit from that. from that retreat to be to, be, to come to, to fruition. For sure. And would you help us close yes. with your blessing? And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And we thank you for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. Until our next encounter, have a blessed day. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.